Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am going to be talking about Game 1 of the 2023 NBA Finals. I am recording this right after Game 1, and Game 1 was a remarkable performance from the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets won Game 1 by a score of 104-93, to um, and they looked incredible. I'm going to get into all of the things that I noticed during the game in a little bit. But right off the top, I just got to say, you know, shout out to the Denver Nuggets. They played extremely well in game one. They had a, a very good performance on both ends of the floor. The Heat struggled a lot. Um, I think they will play better throughout the rest of the series, and there are reasons why that I'll get into. Um, so I don't think that, that their struggles from this game uh, will carry on um, in, in some regards. But yeah, this was a, a very impressive performance, in my opinion, from the Denver Nuggets. I liked what I saw from them. I thought they played extremely well. Um, and let's go ahead and get into and get into what what happened in Game One. And let's start off with the first quarter. So early on, um, the Heat were denying Jokic post touches. That was one one thing I noticed early on in this game. Um, they would face him up. They they did not want Jokic to get paint touches early, and so that was something that I noticed the Heat were focused on um, and had prioritized early in their game plan. Um, and then when you look at what the Nuggets were doing defensively, they were playing a lot of drop coverage. And if you don't know what drop coverage is, basically um, a drop coverage is a is a type of pick and roll coverage where um, when the ball handler when the ball handler will come off the screen, the big man will drop. Instead of coming up to the ball handler, he'll stay, he'll drop back, be closer to the paint, and this will leave uh, the mid-range wide open. And teams want want opponents to shoot mid-range jumpers. Those are inefficient shots if their opponent isn't great at shooting them. So teams generally want the, their opponent to shoot mid-range shots, so that's why teams will run drop coverage, and the Nuggets were running that early in this game. Um, and it was working. Because the Heat were not able to take advantage of that. Uh, drop coverage is um, it's risky because if your opponent is really good at hitting mid-range shots, they can kill that defense. And the Heat were just not able to do that in the first quarter. And the Heat early on were missing a ton of easy shots, wide open shots that they should be able to hit. And, and shots that they've been hitting throughout these playoffs. Um, another thing that we saw in the first quarter was Aaron Gordon. He was dominant early on. He was incredible. I actually made a video previewing this series uh, right before the finals. I believe I released it on Wednesday. Um, and I talked about how I thought Aaron Gordon might be a mismatch for the Miami Heat. I thought he could provide a, a big size advantage for the Nuggets um, when compared to the Heat's wings. Um, and and that, that proved to be true in the first quarter. He was dominant. He was getting whatever he wanted in the paint. Um, he just dominated the paint in the first quarter against the Heat. Um, and he, he had like 12 points in the first quarter. He was crazy. Um, he was going, going nuts in the first quarter. Um, now I want to talk about Jimmy Butler. Um, he had a rough performance in game one and it started early. Um, the Nuggets early on were crowding Butler on D. Like whenever, whenever he got inside the arc, they were sending multiple guys at him. Um, so that's how they were guarding him early on in this game. Um, 
And Jimmy Butler, um, whenever he would, and this is something that I noticed from him um, throughout this game. Whenever he, whenever the Nuggets were running drop coverage and he got into the mid-range area, he wasn't being aggressive and he wasn't shooting shots. And, and he is a good mid-range shooter. And we've seen him, you know, be aggressive in the mid-range areas on the floor um, throughout these playoffs. And, but for whatever reason, he just wasn't tonight. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know why he wasn't being aggressive in game one as a scorer and as a shooter, but he wasn't. And that's a massive issue because if the Nuggets are going to play drop coverage versus the Miami Heat and versus a player who is as good as Jimmy Butler, Butler just has to take advantage of that. He's got to be aggressive. He's got to be willing to take mid-range jumpers. Um, and, and he's good enough to make the Denver Nuggets pay for running that defense. That's something I want to see him and see him specifically improve on throughout the rest of the series, and I believe he will. Uh, another thing I wanted I wanted to mention is Bam Adebayo in his performance, especially early on in this game. Um, he had a strong start uh, to the in the in the first quarter. He had around eight points, um, shot four of six from the field. In, in the first quarter, he was great, um, was shooting really well from, from mid-range, um, and he was really good offensively in this game. Um, another thing I noticed early is that the Heat looked really uncomfortable. Um, I don't know why. Um, there are multiple reasons. A, you know, this is a huge series. It's the NBA Finals. Um, just naturally, there are going to be some like jitters going into this game. Another reason is that in Denver, the altitude is higher, so maybe maybe the, the Heat players were, were struggling to deal with that early on, but in the first quarter, I just thought they looked really uncomfortable offensively. They, they didn't look uh, super confident in their offensive sets, um, and, and you know, it showed in their production. Like, their, their shooting numbers were bad in the first quarter. Like, their, their, uh, field goal percentage was horrendous early on. Um, and, and I just, I got a feeling that they weren't super comfortable early on in this game. Um, another thing, Jokic was great in the first quarter, uh, especially as a passer. He wasn't super aggressive as a scorer in the first half. Uh, but he, like, his passing was evident throughout the game, especially early on. He had six assists in the first quarter. He was great. And he was feeding Aaron Gordon in the paint. But yeah, Jokic, his passing was great. And overall, Denver really dominated the first quarter. Their field goal percentage in the first quarter was 59.1%, um, while the Miami Heat's field goal percentage in the first quarter was just 34.6%. So Denver got off to a hot start, and they were, and they were way better than the Heat uh, early on. Moving on to the second quarter, um, so the Heat... Um, Actually, I want to stick uh, stick with the first quarter and talk about the Heat's defense a little bit. Um, so the Heat, um, actually, um, no, I, I didn't want to talk about the Heat, my bad. It, it, sorry, I was misreading my notes. Let's go ahead and move on to the second quarter. So the Heat, um, after the first quarter, the Heat decided to switch to zone at multiple times. And they're known for their zone defense, and they decided to pull that out in the second quarter. Um, which is something I noticed. I wonder if they'll go, if they'll, you know, lean on that more heavily throughout the rest of the series. Um, that's something, something to look out for. Um, but that was something I noticed in the second quarter. Another thing, in the second quarter, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter were great. Um, they were awesome in that quarter. And early on in this game, in the first half, Caleb Martin and Max Struess were struggling. 
They combined, um, they combined for shooting zero for twelve from the field at, in the first half, which is really really bad. And both of those guys have been playing pretty well throughout the playoffs, especially Caleb Martin, who was awesome against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. But neither of uh, neither of those guys had it tonight. They really struggled, especially shooting behind the arc. Um, <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, Nikola Jokic was awesome as a passer in the first quarter. That continued in the second quarter. And he was just awesome as a passer throughout the game. And really, his decision-making was off the charts good uh, throughout throughout the course of this game. Um, and I mentioned in the first quarter, that in the first quarter, Bam played really, really well. And at halftime, he had 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists, shooting 8 for 13 from the field. He was on fire in the first half, playing really, really well. And he was one of the only Heat players to play well offensively in the first half. They were just really struggling offensively early on in this game. Um, and something I noticed was that like the Heat just have to be have to be better versus drop coverage. I noted that about Jimmy Butler, but overall as a team, they have to be better versus the Nuggets drop coverage. They have to make them pay, and they have to start hitting their mid-range shots off the dribble. Um, it, and that's not easy, but it's something they have to do if they want to be competitive in this series, because if they can't, and if they're going to continue to struggle from three-point range, this series is going to be over in probably four games. Um, that's how good Denver is, and that's how dominant Denver looked at times in this game. So that's something that the Heat have to clean up moving forward. Um, let's see. Um, what else do I want to know? I will say um, another thing that I, I kind of brought up earlier was that the Heat have to hit their uh, wide-open threes and their wide-open shots. Um, that was an issue for them in the first quarter. That continued into the second quarter. They've got to be able to hit their, their wide-open shots. Um, if they're going to miss wide-open threes and wide-open mid-range jumpers, they're just going to struggle to be competitive in this series. So that's another area another area uh, that they have to clean up um, going forward. Um, in, in the Nuggets, um, after the first half, they were up 59-42 at the break. Um, obviously, they were playing really well in the first, in the first half, um, and they were up 17 points at the break. Moving into the third quarter, um, the third the start of the third quarter was interesting. Max Strus still couldn't hit a shot, and Michael Porter Jr. was forcing really really difficult shots. Like he was acting like a superstar out there with the shots he was taking. It was insane. Uh, Bam continued to play extremely well. Um, was really effective in the mid range and as a passer. Um, just r- a really strong offensive performance from him. Um, and this was a huge quarter for the Nuggets. Jokic was really aggressive, um, or at least more aggressive as a scorer in the second half than he was in the first half. Um, and the Nuggets went on a big run, going up by 21 points heading into the fourth quarter. Um, and one thing I noticed in the third quarter uh, from the Nuggets defensively is they were going uh, over screens really hard against certain players, specifically Duncan Robinson. Um, so I think that that um, the way that they're guarding screens in this series is that, you know, if it's a strong three-point shooter, 
they're going to go over the top. They're going to go over the screen or try to go through it. They're not going to go under it, and they're not going to play drop coverage. But if it's a guy like Jimmy Butler or anyone who isn't a strong three-point shooter, they're going to go under it. They're going to you know play drop coverage and try to get, get them into the mid-range area because um, that's really what they want. They want the Heat to take mid-range jumpers and not threes because the Heat— uh, a big a big reason why they've made it so far in the playoffs is because they've shot extremely well from three point range, and if they if they if the if the Nuggets can get them off the three point line, that is an area where the Heat aren't going to have an advantage in this series. And then if the Heat can't hit mid range jump shots against the Nuggets drop coverage, like I've mentioned before, like the Heat are just going to struggle to be competitive. Um, so yeah, like the Nuggets, I, I think. Um, something that they should continue to do throughout the series is going over screens really hard against the Heat's strong three-point shooters. Now let's go into the fourth quarter. So in the fourth quarter, the Heat started to come back a little bit. They went on on an 11-0 run to start the fourth, um, and Lowry was hitting some big shots late in this game, um, off the dribble, um, some really difficult shots. Um, so he in, in his his performance late in this game, really helped the, the Heat get back into it. Um, but whenever the Heat would go on a big run, the, the Nuggets would, would respond with a run of their own. Um, and the Nuggets ended up going on a run at one point to go up 90-74 to 74 in, the, in the fourth quarter. Um, and the Nuggets, the Heat hit some big shots late in the game. Like um, Haywood, what's his name? Haywood, um, Haywood Highsmith. Hit some big threes late in the game to make the score closer than it actually was, but the Nuggets were still able to win 104 to 93. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned earlier, dominant performance from the Nuggets. the The score, the final score, was a bit closer than the game actually was. I thought the Nuggets were pre- uh, pretty easily the better team in this game. They performed very well, um, and I was really interested by the little things I noticed in this game, like how the Nuggets were playing defense, and just really the way the, the Nuggets were playing, um, were attacking the Heat's offense defensively, I thought was really interesting. Um, and and um, it'll be really interesting to see how the Heat respond moving forward. I do have some notes about the game overall, just um, things I noticed throughout the game. Um, Nikola Jokic, Jokic was incredible in this game. He had 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 14 assists, shot 8 for 12 from the field, and 10 for 12 from the free throw line, and he was awesome in like every area. He was great as a passer. His decision making was super good throughout the game, and I thought he was really good defensively. Early on, he was pretty aggressive as a rim protector, which we don't see from him very, oft- very often, um, and I thought he was pretty good defensively all game. This was an awesome, awesome game from him. He wasn't always super aggressive as a scorer, um, and that's just his nature. Like he does, he's never gonna really force shots. I thought he forced forced shots a little bit in the second half, and not in a bad way. I thought he just kind of took control of the game in the second half um, and was more aggressive as a scorer, which is why he was able to finish with twenty seven points. But yeah, he was incredible in this game, and I thought he was the best player on the floor by a decent margin. Now, Jamal Murray was also really good for the Nuggets, and I thought his shot-making was awesome. He played tonight like he did against the Lakers and was really good offensively, um, and his production was really good. He had uh, 26 points, 
6 rebounds, 10 assists, on 11 for 22 shooting from the field. He was really, really good, and his perimeter shooting was awesome in this game. I thought the Nuggets role players were really good as well. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and, and Bruce Brown were all really solid in their secondary roles. We didn't see much from Aaron Gordon outside of the first quarter, uh, but still, he was really good, and his performance early in this game helped the Nuggets get, get on a roll early on. Um, moving on to the Heat, Bam was really effective versus the Nuggets' defense all night, um, and, and like I mentioned, the Nuggets wanted the Heat to shoot mid-range jumpers, and Bam did that. It was pretty effective. I will say, though, and someone pointed this out on Twitter, um, he wasn't very efficient. Although he was pretty effective on mid-range shots, he just wasn't very efficient overall. And I'm pulling up the box score right now. So in this game, Bam Adebayo had 26 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists. That that uh, box score, like, that's crazy. That's really, really impressive. Um, but he shot just 13 of, 25, 13 of 25 from the field, which is not bad, uh, but it is pretty underwhelming for a big man. And that's what happens when you force the Heat to shoot mid-range jumpers. They're just going to be less efficient. Um, and, and Bam Adebayo wasn't able to score at the rim a lot in this game. He was taking a lot of mid-range shots. And while he shot fairly well on them, that just wasn't efficient offense. So I think the, the, the Heat are going to have to find a way to either be efficient from mid-range or get to the rim or just, you know, hit their threes. Because... Um, you know, they cannot continue to have the same offense they did in Game 1. Um, it's just not going to be feasible for them throughout the series. Let's see. Um, another thing, the Heat's, role, the Heat's role players, who have been great in the playoffs, were awful tonight. Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, and Max Struess were really bad in this game. They combined for just, all three of them, all three of these players combined for just six points on two of 23 shooting from the field. That is really bad. And I don't think this is going to continue, but those guys have to step it up in this series if the Heat want to be competitive. They have to be better. They have to be better. The Heat don't have a lot of depth, and, and they need their role players to step it up and play at a high level in this series. So those guys really need to improve um, moving, moving forward into Game 2. Um, I, I do want to highlight a few players that, that were pretty good for the Heat in this game, uh, and that's Gabe Vincent and Haywood Highsmith. Both of those guys were pretty productive, had some nice shots in this game, and were pretty good offensively, so shout out to them. Uh, the Heat the Heat did have some good performances, like Bam Adebayo, Gabe Vincent, and Haywood Highsmith. It wasn't a complete disaster, uh, so shout out to those guys. And another thing, I wanted to talk about Jimmy Butler. He was really underwhelming in this game. He had 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists, shot just 6 for 14 from the field, um, and I thought that he was just not nearly aggressive enough. Um, he was too conservative with his uh, shot selection. I thought he needed to be more aggressive. Um, I thought, you know, Bam Adebayo, I think he should, Jimmy Butler should be shooting 25 shots instead of Bam Adebayo. Um, Jimmy Butler just cannot be taking just 14 shots in, in the finals. Like, he's got to be more aggressive. Um, he needs to be a high-volume scorer in this series and a high-volume shooter. Uh, so the fact that he shot just 14 shots and um, only scored 13 points is very disappointing. Um, we've seen him be awesome in these playoffs, 
And I just didn't see the same player. I didn't see him playing with the same fire that he played with during the Eastern Conference Finals. And I was really disappointed by what I saw from him. He needs to be better um, moving forward. And I think he will. Because uh, if he doesn't, and if he continues to struggle and play you know, conservative like he did in Game 1, then he have no chance to win this series. No chance at all. Um, and let's see, did I have any other notes? Not really. I mean, I've talked about it a little bit. The Heat have to make adjustments on offense. Um, they've got to you know, they've got to be better on their wide open threes. They got to be more effective with no shots, and they will. I think today, or I thought, I think Game One was a bit of an uh, of a abnormal abnorm, abnormality. Am I saying that right? Um, I don't think that they they shot just thirty three point three percent from three. I don't think that's gonna gonna continue, and that's not abnormal. Um, that's not like an outlier. Um, it's not like the shot sub 30% from three, but I do think that they're going to be better. I think they're going to shoot over 35% from three for the series. Um, so I think they're going to be better on their wide open threes, uh, moving forward. Um, I think they got to be better, uh, you know, at attacking the mid range area of the floor. If the Nuggets are going to give them that <clears throat> after game one. Um, I think Jimmy Butler has to be better. I think they've got to, you know, be able to manufacture paint touches for Bam Adebayo so that his offensive output isn't coming off silly mid-range jump shots. Um, and defensively, you know, they got to be better against Jamal Murray. They can't let him get wide open jump shots off out of the pick and roll. They've got to be better guarding uh, Aaron Gordon somehow. And I don't know how they're going to do that. Because they really don't have anybody that they can put on Aaron Gordon and kind of slow him down and keep him outside of the paint. Um, but they got to figure that out. And I'm going to be completely honest. I don't really know what they are going to do moving forward. I don't know of any specific adjustments they can make. Um, it's just they're in a really tough position. Uh, I, I mentioned this in my in my video previewing this series. I thought this was a very favorable matchup for the Nuggets heading into this series. And I think Game 1 showed that. Like, I think this is a very favorable matchup for them. I think the Heat are at a huge disadvantage. Um, there are just a lot of individual matchups where the Nuggets have a big advantage. Um, and I just think the Nuggets are just flat out a better team. And that showed in Game 1. Um, and I just... I flat out don't know what the Heat are going to do uh, moving forward. I don't know what adjustments they can make specifically to improve on those issues that I've mentioned in this podcast. But yeah, this could be a rough series for the Heat. Um, game 1 was rough. Um, I think that they're going to be better uh, in Game 2. I think that you know Jimmy Butler is going to be more aggressive. I think their 3-point shooting is going to be better. And so I think Game 2 um, will be more competitive. Uh, but if Jimmy Butler doesn't improve, and if their three-point shooting continues to be underwhelming, I think the Nuggets are going to end up sweeping them. I really do. The, Heat, the Nuggets are just really good. And, that, and, that, and that's no disrespect to the Heat. The Heat are a, are a good team with, with a lot of talent and great coaching. But the Nuggets are on a roll right now. They have, in my opinion, the best player in the world in Nikola Jokic. Uh, they have an awesome shot creator in Jamal Murray. And they have great role players. Their defense is, is awesome. They're just playing at a very high level right now. Um, and I just don't know how the Heat are going to stop them. So yeah, uh, before the series, I predicted the Nuggets would win in five games. And I feel very comfortable with that prediction um, after game one. I loved what I saw from the Nuggets. If they can continue playing at this level throughout the series, they're going to win pr pretty easily. 
Uh, but yeah, shout out to the Nuggets. Strong performance from them in Game 1. I liked what I saw a lot. Um, and I think that, that this series could potentially be over quickly. If you want to see more content from me, you can check out my YouTube channel at The Wire. You can also check out everything I'm doing on my Twitter account. Um, and you can you can hit me up on social media and on Instagram as well. My handle for both Twitter and Instagram is uh, the Ryan McCrary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. You can check out this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, but yeah, this is all I have for today's episode. I can't wait for game two, and I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. And I will see y'all next time. Peace.